Alrighty, we're back for another exciting edition of Cloverleaf COVIDleaf Radio. I'm the host of the most, the king of the quarantine, Jimmy Falcon, and it's an absolute honor to welcome actress, producer, and this woman wears a lot of hats, Kate Robertson Pryor. How's it going, Kate? Hey! Woo, I tell you what, I mean, it's it's going. You know, I feel like some days, just like I feel like everyone probably else feels this way, I feel like we're, what, 10 days into the new year, and some days I'm like, oh, yeah, 2022, I'm going to grab it by the horns. Here we go. And then other days I find, you know, I think I want to sit in the closet in my robe all day, you know. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I feel like it was called COVID-19 for a reason. Like we should have been over it a couple, like a, at least a year or so ago. Right, right. But, you know, honestly, I, I mean, I, I really feel super thankful and blessed and, I feel like God's really brought me into this career um, where my passion and my calling really come together. And I, uh, I've really been able to feel like I can stand on uh, the scripture, Hebrews 13, 8, that just says, you know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I feel like the same God that brought me through 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, you get the picture kind of deal. Uh, is with a plan and a purpose uh, for hope and a future and one to prosper me. So I, I can't really get too down about that. I feel like that's really exciting and gives me a lot of joy. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll be there to take it to 2023, 2024. Yeah, and, exactly. And hopefully exactly. by then we won't have still be talking about COVID. I talked to you yeah. by then, we can talk yeah, about something absolutely. else. Absolutely, amen to that. But uh, you've been, seems like you've been pretty busy lately. I saw recently, uh, sometime you traveled out to Hollywood to one of your films being screened. Uh, how did all that go? Yeah, you know, it's just, it's been really interesting. I feel like uh, a lot of people slowed down and I seem to kind of really speed up even as COVID hit. We were still shooting in 2020 and uh, one of the films that, that we shot then it's called where i keep you by a brilliant writer uh nebraskan local writer here christine burright and directed by her as well it's called where i keep you is a short but mighty film kind of about the loops that we live in and play in our heads um and that ended up getting into the lady filmmakers festival out in beverly hills and so i was able to to go out for the screening for that back in uh that was September, October. I don't know. It's so interesting. The very first time I went to LA ever in my life was just this past August. And I went to produce and shoot a film for the LA 48 out there. And so then since then, I've been four times just, oh, wow. just since August. So, um, so yeah, one of those months I went for that and it was, amazing the beverly hills fine arts theater is just this old historic beautiful theater where you could just feel those who've gone before just kind of oozing from the walls so it was just kind of surreal wow. to see a film that i was in up on that same screen it was it was just amazing yeah, I love Los Angeles. I haven't been in, now it's been, gosh, 10 years. But how, with COVID and everything ramping back up, how was it actually, you know, how how were people on the street? Did you get to restaurants? Like, how was everything out there? Yeah, so it's, you know, everyone's masking. Um, but 
things were still were still going on. The film festival was still in person. Same for the LA 48 Fest and those screenings. We nice. screened our film for that at LA Live. And then the Where I Keep You screened in Beverly Hills. And so both of those were in-person screenings, just max, uh, masking and showing vaccination cards and just trying to be as safe as you can. So trying to kind of still keep going you know it's kind of all we can do yeah it's kind of just like uh bite and take this bullet and just keep going absolutely well um i know i wanted to bring up something i don't feel like i ever discussed on the show as well as, as long as i mean it is something that's pretty uh near and dear to my heart but it's not something i bring up that much is domestic violence or spousal right. abuse however people uh However, people want to, uh, to call it, but you worked on a project recently that involved that, and I had a, a, my best friend uh, dealt with that um, in a past relationship. So I, I I've seen kind of firsthand how it can leave someone uh, a broken, or maybe not even broken, but a different person in a lot of ways. Um, how did you get involved with this project? I'm guessing it was one of your own. If not, uh, how did you get involved? And uh, kind of what's your your stance on the whole thing? Have you have you seen it in your own life? So we this this project started. It's called Under the Willow Tree, and it's a it's another short film that I'm doing that I did with a a local fellow Nebraska filmmaker, Jeremy Jeremy Labosh. And it really started because uh, I wanted to work with a an actress here in town who I admire a lot. She's a teen actress, and so we knew we I knew I wanted to work with her and this filmmaker had Jeremy had worked with her previously as well and so we knew that we wanted to to get us together and then we all kind of sat down um throwing out ideas and and things that we wanted to do with how we wanted to do this film and that the the topic is what what we kind of landed on and Jeremy actually wrote it um, so I don't, I don't know from, from his, I can't speak to his experience with it, but I know that I wanted to do it and fulfill the vision that he wrote. Um, because I, I, am definitely passionate about the topic. And I think that the, the most passionate thing about it that I have to, to share and, and learn from, and, and I've gone through, um, through a, a relationship that was, that was very abusive from an emotionally abusive standpoint. Aww. Um, and you know, I was, it's interesting and it was post-college and when I was in college, I did women's studies classes and I even did a campus-wide project about violence against women. And I had done a paper that actually used the journal of a woman who had lived a very physically abusive, mentally and physically abusive relationship. And so I understood it to the capacity that someone could be educated and understand it. And yet I still ended up in a mentally abusive relationship mm. post-college. Um, and so what this, this, what I like to share and show is like, as far as this film goes, is what happens when you don't deal with it. You know, we're all going to go through trauma in some way or another. And I think that that's one thing that we don't learn early on in society is that we're all going to go through trauma. And it's how you deal with it and how you overcome it is is what really matters and how you address it and addressing it you know kind of head on you know for some people that's talk therapy for some people that's you know an outlet through music or kickboxing or church and prayer but however it is you need to address it 
and, and get a handle on it because if not, it, it just continues to fester and grow and, and keep you from, from living your full potential. You know, uh, in a lot of ways, a broken heart is like a broken leg. If you just set it home and you don't do anything to make it better, right. it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. And I know Absolutely. it's, uh, I mean, I, I, I could never understand uh, mental abuse to be one thing, but I, I've seen people who stay in relationships that end up with girls that end up with black eyes. And I know that the, in the rare occurrences, women do it to men too, but I just would never understand, even being in love with someone, how someone could stay in, a, in an abusive relationship. It's beyond me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very complicated and complex, and there's no, there's no easy um, solution or answer. Um, but I do think that there are ways to overcome and to, to deal with, to deal with that abuse if you've gone through it to to be able to live a more fulfilled life and not so haunted or or bogged down by it um but it's it's so interesting and in, in how all of this uh, me even being on the show today got got started it's kind of <laughs> serendipitous yeah please tell the story because <laughs> i was going to if you weren't <laughs> on one of my casting sites that I, you know, on daily and I had uh, gotten an audition from a company with one of the producers name was, was Ian Boothy. And I was, I usually tend to try to find them, you know, reach out just so I can see if it's someone I, Hey, I'd actually want to work with. And uh, so you sent me a message that said, Hey, I don't normally just uh, friend accept friend requests or, uh, from people that I don't know or don't have any mutual friends with. How, do you mind me asking how, how you found me? <laughs> so I told you, you know, hey, I, I got this casting site. And you're like, oh, that's not, I'm not, not that person at all. But this wouldn't be the first time it's happened. And then you said, hey, I actually have a, a podcast for entertainers and the arts. And maybe I'll check you out and see if you can come on the show. So I'm super thankful to be here. I'm really glad that that worked out. It's kind of a funny little story there. Yeah, and you would have been here sooner had I not caught COVID. Oh, yes, goodness. Well, I'm glad that you're feeling better. I know the COVID brain, though. I had COVID <laughs> back in uh, March of 2021 and uh, before I could get vaccinated. And yeah, it's, I know it's... That COVID brain can can be really difficult. So, well, I honestly feel like I mean between pro wrestling and just being really uh, goofy and stupid in my childhood, I got hit in the head so much that my memory wasn't great before COVID. So now it's just like <laughs> deer in headlights, man. No, oh, I know. I think we all kind of feel a little bit of that. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. you grew up in Tennessee and then moved to Nebraska about four years ago. That had to be just like uh, a wonder F, so to <laughs> yeah, say. That yeah, had to yeah. be. So uh... I, I remember my husband telling me we got the email where we're going to go. And I had just had it in my, in my heart that we were going to Florida. And so I get, you know, I get the news. Uh, we're going to Bellevue, Nebraska. And I cried. <laughs> profusely because I thought we were just going to be stuck in the middle of a cornfield somewhere, right. which is, you know, it's so stereotypical, but then I, you know, dried my tears and got on Google and started researching the city. And I thought, Oh, wow, this is actually 
it's a real city. You know, it's a million plus people in the area. And uh, so I, I kind of have one of those typical actor filmmaker stories where I grew up performing a dance since I was three um, and then danced collegiately for four years. But, you know, my parents who love me so much and are always so supportive, but they kind of were thought, you know, the best success for people, you know, do business, go to college, do business. Like there, there's no money in the arts, you know, you're not going to be able to make a living doing that. And so right. I did that. And then I worked for a company out of Nashville for uh, several years out of college, traveled all around the country, worked with country music artists. And then I got let go from that job. They did a company nationwide layoff of like 150 people, like right before Christmas. And then I thought I was going to come home and work for my family's little gas station businesses. And because uh, I had all this experience and I had managed people and, and done all this stuff. And then I, my dad and my sister were like, uh, no, you're not. Uh, you're, you can start at the bottom and oh, wow. uh, work a register and clean toilets and trash cans for minimum for 725 an hour so I had to kind of hang my head and tuck my tail and work for my younger sister um going from a very glamorous lifestyle living in Nashville traveling all around the country and then going to do that um and wow. um eventually worked my way up to work alongside my sister and then uh, my husband who I've known since childhood we Aww. started dating a couple years after that and then once we uh got married I partnered out of the businesses and then um, we got our assignment that we were moving here. And I just felt like this was the time where God had been telling me, like, I'm going to open doors for you. This is your time. You were created to be an actor, a filmmaker, and I'm going to open these doors for you and I need you to walk through them. Go. And so it's just been an incredible journey here in Nebraska. No mm -hmm. one would ever think that this was such an amazing film community but it really, really is. I mean, and it, there's a lot of greats that have come from here, too. You know, you've got Hillary Swank, who's from here, Gabrielle Union, Johnny Carson, Marlon Brando, uh, old school Fred Astaire. Um, and then, you know, Adam Devine, uh, director Alexander Payne is from here, who did Election, Descendants, and Downsizing. Uh, and then John Bukenkamp, who, you know, NBC's The Blacklist, creator and showrunners from here. Uh, Heather Marion, who was a writer on Better Call Saul, and now she just got showrunner for the new Marvel series, is from here. So this community is is an incredible acting community that, you know, most people would never have known, and, and I sure didn't, but I am just so thankful to to be here and that they have, oh, they opened their arms to me, and I've learned so much, started training. I train about 30 hours a week with a coach from here and then coaches from Atlanta as well, and um, you know, I've been able to, to, to produce four short films and then a, a feature, um, film as well. So, and I've been in, in several others than that too. So it's just been an incredible experience being here in the Nebraska film market. Well, someone that's from Nebraska, that's not in entertainment, but that you mentioned is actually the fourth richest person in the world is Mr. Warren Buffett. That's right. Absolutely. Sure is. I haven't ever seen him out. I'm always on the lookout. Oh gosh, that'd be neat. <laughs> I feel like if you have 115 billion, no, you probably don't travel alone, or you're probably not easy to get close to. I don't know. They say that he he goes every day to 
to certain restaurants. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. amazing. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to try to seek him out. And you so. know, you, you can't feel that bad about thinking that all of Nebraska is like cornfields because I mean, I live in Illinois. You're from Tennessee. If people right. are from California or Florida, they probably think where all we live is like tin shacks and cornfields and guys playing banjos and overalls. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, I just really was ignorant. I just didn't know. But again, once I researched the city, and then since being here, I mean, it's 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 a really great place to live and. Speaking of cornfields, I actually in the feature film Valentine Crush that I that I was in, uh, I actually got to run through cornfields. Oh, and nice. I will tell you, yeah. it is painful. <laughs> Those socks are like razors going across your body, especially when you're not wearing much clothing which also happened to be the case for me oh, nice. in september in <laughs> sioux falls south dakota where it was actually a really bad cold front was coming through when we shot in september as well so it was cold and painful running through that cornfield i will tell you yeah running through for a film would be one thing but if you're uh, i don't know I've, I've grew up on a farm i lived on a farm my whole life if you're walking normally you can usually just walk through the rows and and if oh, you go yeah, slow yeah. enough, it's yeah. not that bad. But, but yeah, running, I feel like uh, a, a movie, a, or if a, a whole new adventure. If Jason Voorhees is chasing you, you probably are not going to just. Oh, I'm just going to go down the. Right, right, and of course, you know, with film, it's not like you just do it once. Right. So. <laughs> Very true. Several several times, but that was that was a really fun shoot. Uh, Despite the painful corn stalks. Well, before uh, we wrap up, you know, going back to being a military spouse, I mean, I, I know everybody, uh, I've had a lot of family members in the military. You know, if you're a good, if you're a good American, you're always pulling for the military and you know what those guys go through. But I don't think people always realize what the wife, what the children go through. And you told me your husband was deployed and not just deployed regular time, but during the quarantine. Um, how did you get through that? Yeah, so honestly, I I ended up creating and co-directing, um, co-writing and producing and casting, acting as the lead in a short film called Deployed um, alongside uh, David Weiss and Christine Burright here locally. And that was such a lifesaver because it was, I was able, it was actually written before I went through the deployment, um, which is, which is probably good because we kept it as like a feel good short comedy. And the experience wasn't, wasn't quite as comical, you know, during a deployment during a pandemic. And then, um, all of all of the things that were kind of going on on during 2020 when when that happened. But yeah, my husband was deployed uh, for seven about seven and a half months. Wow. And uh, but but filmmaking really really helped so much during that time. And then in the middle um, of production on deployed, which is, I always say it's kind of like my baby, just because it'll always be so special to me for a lot of reasons. But um, definitely because uh right in the middle of, of production i lost my mom suddenly Aww. 
and we were very close. My family's very close. And, um, and that was really, really tough having to pick up and, and leave and drive back to Tennessee and do like 36 hours, you know, for total trip there and back and having a spoke at her funeral and then just having to plan all that. Nothing was, was in order or anything. And so having to get all of that in order and do all of that and then turn right back around and got in back in town and then shot the next day, the rest of the production starting the next day at my house. Oh, wow. so it was it was it was a lot and I'm just so thankful that you know I knew as my mom is like my first and biggest fan I knew that she wouldn't have wanted us to halt production on her behalf so I'm just so thankful that that we were able to get it finished and we have a final product and people have seemed to like it I've even won awards uh for for deployed um we nice. got a I got a Best Actress award from the LA Indies, and then we got a Best Supporting Actor from an LA Film Fest, and then I got a Best First Time Director from the Santa Monica Shorts. Um, we got a Best TV Pilot Series from the LA Indies, and then um, Best Comedy and Best Indie Short from the Toronto Indie Shorts Film Festival. So I'm just super excited wow. about that. That just feels like my mom is a guardian angel that sent us a lot of heavenly winks um, once that got finished. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of people go out and make their own movies, but uh, I'm sure the first doing all this by yourself and then getting all these awards it has to be very heartwarming. Oh yeah, and I, I mean, it definitely wasn't by myself. I mean, like my team was incredible. Oh, okay. I mean, filmmaking is such a team effort, and I wouldn't have been able to do any of it without without my incredible team and and mentors and i think that that's one of the most important things you can do as an actor or a filmmaker is you know surround yourself with a good team and surround yourself with people who champion you and make sure that you're championing championing other people as well um because it's it is it's all about having a team that you can elevate one another and continue to lift one another up yeah, I guess uh, I meant. I mean, still like acting in it, producing it, writing yeah, yeah. it, directing oh, yeah, that's it. it. That's, it's, that's you know, oh my it's gosh! I don't know. You know, sure. I don't know a lot of uh, local filmmakers who could do that and and get to where you've gotten with it. So congratulations on that. Oh my goodness! Well, thank you so much. I just I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I'm like, oh goodness, I'm you know I'm probably here. I am probably one of the most unknown <laughs> actors you've ever interviewed that you really felt it like oh no she messaged me and not, not to put her on her show no i mean i i didn't have to i guess but no i mean i I love what you're doing and i love what you're about i mean you you seem like you're you're very in tune with god which is cool and uh you know you, you're a military spouse i mean that's that's america all the way so uh thank you so much for what you do and for for even messaging me to begin with because, you know, that's how life works. You just meet awesome people that way. But before we yeah. go, um, if anybody wants to check out your work or anything, where can they find you at? Yeah, so I am on Instagram. It's at KateG4TN. So Kate, the G, the number four, and TN as in Tennessee. Um, and then I'm on Facebook, Kate Robertson Pryor, and in my profile and on my Facebook, there's links to my website. It's a link event. It's a link um, website 
uh, through the link app. So but the easiest way is through Instagram or Facebook. So connect. I always keep updates about my work and have links to my acting reel and stuff coming up and all that good stuff. So I love, I'd love to connect with anyone that's listening. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I'm going to upload this after we get done and I'll send you a link and, uh, Feel free to share wherever you may find shareable. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Well, just thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And I wish you the best. And you too, Kate. Thanks uh, again. Appreciate what you're doing here with, with your podcast. Oh, yeah. I enjoy it. I've just now entered my 14th year, so I'm kind of surprised what? I'm still yes. doing it. But, I mean, they say as long as you enjoy something, you should do it. So, I mean, why stop now? Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Well, I uh, will be praying that you have wonderful success and a joyful year this year. Well, thank you so much. You too. Best of luck. All right. Thanks. <laughs> thank you. Have a great night. All right. You too. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. All righty, guys. Big thanks to Kate Robertson Pryor. She's like a very sweet woman. I, I, would, I just do not understand the whole spousal abuse, um, you know, I always forget the other word for it, uh, domestic violence. I will never understand that. I mean, I have gotten so mad over the years at stupid stuff. I've gotten mad at girls. I've gotten mad at my PlayStations. Um, I've gotten mad at my car. I've gotten mad at work. But I've never, ever thought about hurting, let alone a, a woman... But anyone, not not a person at all, not an animal, I, I just do not understand why someone would do that, A, and why someone would choose to stay in a relationship like that. Um, I know if you, if you or someone you know is having issues with uh, domestic violence, spousal abuse, whatever you may call it, um, there are organizations out there that can help you. I know in Illinois we have Dove. Uh, my friend Ariana is very heavily involved with them, and they do a lot of great work. So, um, yeah, if you need help, reach out. And don't stay in those relationships. Whether you're a man or a woman, I know that even though it's rare, women can be abusive as well. And, uh, you know, go find yourself someone good. So, that's where I'm going to end on that. We're going to be back tomorrow as we welcome back former WWF referee and ring crew chief Mike Toomey. It's always nice talking to Mike. I think it's been like five or six years now. But Mike was... Uh, Actually, the boss of my first ever co-host on the show, uh, Michael Porter, when Michael was on the ring crew, uh, Michael also was a house uh, house show ring announcer um, and, and did some other stuff as well. So uh, Michael was one of the first uh, guys involved with the WWF, WWE, that I became friends with, and we were friends for, oh my gosh, probably four years before he passed away in 2010. Very awesome guy, and I miss him so much. So it's going to be nice talking to Toomey and getting uh, getting some more memories of Kim Michael Porter, a.k.a. Michael Porter, a.k.a. the king of the Porter belly flop. <laughs> Little inside jokes there. But we'll see you tomorrow with Mike Toomey. Big thanks again to Kate Robertson Pryor. And before I go, I could not end the show without sending a big heartfelt love and respect out to Bob Saget. Wow. When I saw last night that Bob Saget had passed away, I was heartbroken. I mean, I was still getting over Betty White passing away. I literally had not thought 
about a celebrity passing away. Even people I've interviewed as much as when Batty White passed away, and now Bob Saget is gone too. It's, uh, gosh, it's hard. I mean, uh, my girlfriend and I saw him July 31st of last year in Richmond Heights. We were sat in the front row. He was so funny and um, so young to pass away, 65 years old. But growing up with Full House and America's Funniest Home Videos like I did and like many others did, it's a shock, and it hurts us all. So, uh, oh, gosh, big... Uh, Big love out to uh, the family of Bob Saget and his uh, his wonderful wife, who he spoke very highly of. He had an interview, uh, I think it was like three days ago, three or four days ago now, uh, where he's promoting the tour he was on and talking to like an old uh, classmate from uh, Pennsylvania on a local um, television show over there. But the link, uh, the, the interview is available online. I don't know exactly where I saw it. I was just reading an article. Uh, one of the articles saying he'd passed away, and I watched it on there, and he seemed in great spirits. I mean, he, he nothing was seemed wrong with the guy at all. So, whatever took him was quick. So we we only have that um, to be thankful for in this loss. So, rest in peace, Bob Saget, and uh, rest in peace, Betty White. You guys were legends and icons, and we will miss you. We'll see you guys tomorrow for Mike Toomey. Thanks everybody for listening. Have a great night. Good afternoon. This is Clarence Cloverleaf. It's been some time, about a year and a half, since I've come to you and given you a little bit of my soul and wisdom. This last year with COVID-19 has been hazardous on us all. Whether you've lost a job, lost family, or even were just sick for a while, this COVID has been arborious. But thankfully, things are starting to get back. And I have stopped my travels worldwide for a bit. And I will be coming back at you with the occasional collection of recollections. I hope all of you have been well, as well as you could be during our global pandemic. But I want to thank you, everybody, for listening to us and continuing to support Cloverleaf Radio. Have a great day. I'm ready. Hey everyone, this is Brittany Ebert from Jane the Virgin. Just wanted to let you know, thank you for listening to Cloverleaf Radio.